and welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson, and sitting next to me, live in studio, the one, the only, the uh, head of the Janesville Community Center, the uh, author of the Ray's Rambling blog, my co-worker, co-labor in the faith, Mr. Ray Jewell. Ray, welcome back. Thanks, Kevin. You know, it's always a, a pleasure to be here, and uh, actually we're, we're going to be talking about some things that I think will always be pertinent. Uh, yeah. We're doing Commandments 9 and 10 of the Ten Commandments today. So, today, this is a weekly podcast. Yeah? Uh, did you just let the secret out of the bag that we don't do these one at a time, <laughs> live and in order? I guess. All right. Well, I guess we need to be honest about it because honesty is what we're talking about today. Yes. So we are going through, as you said, we're going through our series on the Ten Commandments, and we're wrapping things up here. Uh, We are in episode 10, which we're covering the Ninth Commandment. And the Ninth Commandment simply says, You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, again, from Exodus chapter 20. And verse number 16, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. So, Ray, what does it mean to bear false witness? Well, I think the, uh, the easiest word would be to lie. But I, I think the, the whole concept of false witness carries with it a legal aspect yeah. to it. Um, so I could see, like, boundary lines or... Uh, claiming that uh, your neighbor did something to uh, steal from you or take advantage of you, which, you know, it's interesting that it comes now because isn't thou shalt not steal, isn't that eight? Yes. So to have the bearing of false witness, so you got the prohibition of, of stealing, now you got the prohibition of lying about somebody stealing right. from you. Uh, I think that that's... Uh, uh, instructional for us to understand that and you know the the old testament and then in the new testament practice as well uh in a court of law if you're accusing somebody of something there needs to be a couple of witnesses and to bear false witness either you are trying to do it on your own or you're in cahoots with somebody else um you know so even uh bribing a judge to come down with a decision that's favorable to what you want would could even be considered a, a bearing a false witness. Um, uh, it just, and, and, you know, it's usually done in, a, in an attempt, I think, to better your own lot. Yeah. So it, it, it's not just a legal matter necessarily, but, you know, you can make yourself look better by yeah. lying about somebody or what they did. Or it's interesting because right now in the news, um, when we're recording this, I don't. Know, you think Donald Trump is still president right now? <laughs> well, that's um, not new. Because <laughs> we we have uh, several people associated with the Trump administration. Uh, for example, Roger Stone has just been arrested. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donald Trump Jr. has been accused of lying to uh, Congress. Michael Cohn. Uh, same and all these guys. It's 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 all um, giving a false testimony before a court of law, mm-hmm. and again, it's usually to cover up something or to make someone look not as bad uh, as they really are. Right. And so, yeah, I think that the, the essence of a false t- 
testimony or false witness is to say something or to testify about something that is not in reality, mm-hmm. that is not true. And the best lie is a half-truth. Right. Uh, I mean, you can, you can make something look like it's okay, but you can, you can do this, you, or you justify the means yeah. by you know, saying, well, look at this outcome. This is happening. You know, our country is, is great again because yeah. we're doing this. And, you know, I, I just, it just stinks. <laughs> it, it goes, does. It goes it's... against the grain of what, what God intends for us right. as human beings. So we're to be honest. Uh, and it goes open. against the very nature of God himself. Right, yeah. And so for a Christian to get involved in this mm-hmm. um, is... It's more than just, oops, I didn't say something that was true, but I'm denying God's very character. I am betraying who uh, the very name I claim to take as Christian. I, I'm, become, I'm betraying Christ who came, in, according to John 1, in grace and truth. And, you know, we see again in, in John that Jesus is the truth. In and of himself, he, he is the embodiment of truth. He defines mm-hmm. what truth is. He's mm-hmm. the source of truth. And he himself is truth. And for us to do anything that is less than absolute 100% truthful is uh, a, a sin of cosmic consequences mm-hmm. and horrible. Uh, it, it, it's a, it's a, just a, a terrible denial of who we are or who right. we're supposed to be. Right. And you, know, you, you brought up the Gospel of John, and I could easily say that the major theme in that gospel would be those two concepts of, of grace and truth. Yeah. You, know, you can't have the one without the other. Right. And that, that um, even goes to the extent of our witnessing. I mean, just pulling people into a worship service, uh, used to have a professor that would always say what you win them with is what you win them to well if you're being sneaky just to pull them in and then you tell them about Jesus they're going to have a wrong impression of who he is yeah the old bait and switch yeah and that you know, again, that's that would be bearing false witness to to Christ and that's the talk about dangerous in Acts Acts 1.8 Part of the Great Commission. Mm-hmm. What is Jesus? What, what is you will be my witnesses, mm-hmm. um, and both in Judea and Jerusalem and all the the uttermost parts of the earth. But you will be my witnesses. You are your my witnesses about Christ. And so, if I'm going to dilute that witness, or if I'm going to use a a less than truthful means to bring people to Jesus, then I'm not being a witness. I'm not being a truthful witness. I'm I'm breaking this command by, you know, even just some of the the promises that are made under the guise of Christianity. Come to Jesus and all your problems are, take, are, yeah. are over. Come to Jesus and your your bills will get paid. Come to Jesus <laughs> and everything's going to be all right. Every relationship's going to be fixed if you just come to Jesus. Well, That's a false witness. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Jesus himself, when he was on trial basically for his life before Pontius Pilate pointed Pilate to the truth yeah to the point where Pilate had to ask the question well what is truth mm. now Pilate didn't get it 
Right. But Truth embodied was sitting right there mm. in front of him. And uh, if he'd have waited a little bit longer, he might have actually found out that you know Jesus doesn't take care of things. If he if he's willing to go to death on the cross because of truth, then who are we to disavow that? Yeah. And and play play fancy with it. I. You, well, you know me well enough to know that I cannot stand prosperity gospel. Right. I cannot stand most televangelists. Who, That's why we're friends. <laughs> who, who don't, who don't get, you know, they just don't understand. I mean, always to Jesus is not yeah. necessarily the right well, thing. And you and I, I think, are living truth of that. You know, if... If the prosperity gospel is true, neither one of us must be a Christian. Exactly. We don't have any faith whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. We, we uh, have we have no money. No money. I mean, we're, we're driving over here and we're both talking about all the, the car repairs we yes. need and whatnot. We're not driving Lamborghinis and Porsches over here. And, yeah. Uh, any of that stuff. Well, uh, and that, that goes into the next topic, too. Yeah, it does. <laughs> we, we'll, but, get, we'll come back to those Lamborghinis. Let me... Um, let me I, I'm going to veer... I'm going to do something dangerous a little here. We're going to veer off what I have... In our show notes here, okay, because um, I think you, you raised something that's interesting, kind of just popped in my head, and uh, this is this is your more your wheelhouse. Get into some worldview stuff, mm-hmm. and you know, we're talking about bearing false witness, and so therefore, the opposite of that is we need to be committed to the to the truth. And we live in a culture right now where you mentioned Pilate asking, "What is truth?" Mm-hmm. and our culture is. Uh, I don't think they're asking what is no. truth because they're, they're they're denying that there is truth. Right. They're, well, that there are truths, but not truth. Yeah. The truths. What's true for me is true for me, and what's yeah. true for you is true for you, and and it's all relative. And then you got the uh, the cultural relativism that plays into that. If it's true for my my pack or yeah. my tribe, um, and that opens up a whole can of worms that. Uh, you know, we we frankly we can't just approach life today by reading the Bible. I mean, that certainly is where we begin. But if we're not into understanding where other people are coming from, yeah. we're not going to get very far with our witness of Christ. Right. Um, and the thing is, you know, we we've got to be willing to risk our faith. In order to uh, go into that world, and yeah. If, if we're going to point people to the truth of Christ, we have to even understand what does that word "truth" mean to somebody I'm talking to, right? Because I can go on this whole thing about how uh, you know Christ died for my sin, and and yeah. and, and all and get into the gospel. But if that person's going to walk away and say, "Well, that's great for you, but for me, something else." I have to understand that person may not be speaking in the same language as me. Right. And that, I mean, that's true of any biblical terminology that we would use, yeah. including something like uh, even Jesus. Um, you know, the Mormons believe that Jesus is a created being, and that's totally against the biblical worldview. Yeah. And yet a lot of people think there's no difference between the Mormon church, quote-unquote, and uh, the body of Christ. And... And yet there's a world of difference there. Um, you know, like I said earlier, a, a half-truth is more dangerous right. than an yeah. out-and-out lie. And uh, uh, and that's usually the way Satan works. He, 
you know, he doesn't come at people with uh, an out and out lie. Most no. of the time, you look at what happened in the Garden of Eden. Yeah. With, uh, he, came, he came to Eve and basically said, hey, you're not going to die because of this. You will surely die. You know, that, that's sort of a half truth. Did God truth. say that? <laughs> yeah, did, did, did God Did you actually hear him say that? Did you? Yeah, well, and obviously she yeah. didn't, at least from the accounts that we read in Genesis. It was Adam, and Adam was supposed to tell it, and, you know, Adam's, I mean, Adam's a guy, so he may not have the story. So he's the, the guy in charge. Yeah, he, and, and he might not have the story straight, so, yeah. you know, I'm going to go ahead and listen to the See, snake. I, I was trying to veer you off into some complimentary. <laughs> I, I know, but. I know. <laughs> All right. Well, so to talk about, uh, I, so it's interesting. I think, yeah, we need to establish the fact that if we're going to talk about bearing false witness, we have to first understand there is a true witness. Right. And so we have to, uh, and that's that's part and parcel, that, that, and that, that's part of the essence of Christianity is that there is objective truth, and here it is. It, it's the Word of God. It comes from mm-hmm. the author mm-hmm. of the world, the creator of all that is. And as Christians, we need to treat it as such. Right. Instead of treating it like, well, I can make this thing say whatever I want it to say yeah. so it agrees with my theology or my lifestyle. My, uh, you know, my interpretation could be different than your interpretation, but it's okay. Yeah. Well, no, it's not it's okay. Not okay. Um, you know, even when, you know, you and I disagree on several things, yeah. theologically. Right. But neither one of us is saying, well, you're right and I'm right. Um, we we can agree to disagree on stuff, and that, and I think that's important. Yeah. But neither one of us is saying um, the truth is soft and malleable, and you can just you know, uh, one of us is going to be wrong. Or and, maybe you know, both get, of us. Who knows? That, that's true. Maybe both of us. When we get to heaven, and I'll, and I'll, I'll be gracious and um, <laughs> allowing you to be wrong with that. I suspect uh, once we get there, it's not going to make any. Difference no, I, I, I don't anyway. think we are going to see Christ, and that's going to be the important thing. Yeah. Um, but, so yeah, we need to establish there is a truth, it's a truth of scripture, and even uh, when we come to the areas of disagreement, we still have to, there's a truth that we're clinging on to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember years ago when I was a teenager, I was staying over at a pastor's house, uh, it was New Year's Eve, I went to his uh, church service, I think I actually preached at that church service, and he invited me to stay over, a friend of mine, and so the next morning we had, morning, had devotions at his house. Uh, he led his, his family and family devotions, and I was there, and we were going through Proverbs. And I don't remember which, which one it was, but he asked me, so uh, what does this mean? And, you know, he read the verse, and I said, I, and I gave what I thought was the correct definition. And there was an awkward pause, and he said, no, you're wrong. And his wife said, no, wait, maybe he meant, no, honey, he's wrong. He's wrong about this. Now, that would be like anathema. That would be like yeah. a heresy in some... Like, no, you, you, you tell what this means to you, and you tell what this means to you, and what does this verse mean to you? He's like, no, you're wrong. And he was right. Yeah. Um, looking back on that, I'm glad he was able to say, you know, in a loving way, mm-hmm. uh, a rebuke and say, no, there is an actual meaning to this text, and what you said was not the actual meaning. Yeah. And it forced me to go back and to look at that. And so, um, yeah, how we treat Scripture, we have to, uh, we're searching for the truth, a singular truth. Right. And... I think part of it is is uh, honest understanding that we do come at things with presuppositions. Everybody, does. yeah, we do. And I our think, background, yeah, our, I mean the know, way we're raised, the, yeah, right. Uh, experiences, uh, you know, I've known, I know several people who have claimed Christ and are no longer Christian, 
and you know, and they would point to a certain event that happened that you know, so nobody came to my aid or whatever, yeah. and I'm like, you know, I'm sorry about that, but that doesn't take away from the fact right. that Christ is who He says He is, and that that He has established. Um, I, you know, sometimes I get a little awkward about the use of the term relationship with God, because uh, the relationship we have with God is not He's my best friend. Yeah. He's my king, he's my right. lord, he's my sovereign, he is the one right. that is, is uh, who I, whom I serve faithfully. And if he does anything for me, it's out of his goodness and right. graciousness and out of his heart, not, you know, not like I could manipulate God. Yeah. <laughs> and yet we try, <laughs> I know we do, but, uh, you know, bargain with him or something, but um, I... And the thing is, you know, I hear it, I hear it in sermons, I hear it in Sunday school classrooms and other, you know, Christian school classrooms, that this idea that somehow um, I can control God. Yeah. And we have to face up to the fact that there is no controlling God. No. And I think one of the the dangers of modern evangelicalism is this whole idea uh first of all a personal relationship with god is the emphasis and and i disagree with that even just i i think we approach god in community mm -hmm. um and when you and i've talked about discipleship yeah. and things like that before but we we, we almost we just kind of create a feel-good god mm. that mm -hmm. somehow always agrees with me isn't that amazing? You know? um, and we kind of, we just, as, as Romans 1, we mold and shape a God mm. into our own image. Yeah, and that's, uh, uh, Romans 1, if you guys don't know, is not a complimentary, you know, not a very yeah. complimentary idea. It's not uh, a feel good it's not a, No, it's not at all. In fact, well, and uh, I think that's where, you know, how many times have I heard, I, I, I hear this out of the mouth of people who claim the name of Christ, mm -hmm. Who, who they justify their sin, their outright sin, by saying, well, God just wants me to be happy. Oh, yeah. And uh, and the funny thing is, they'll be the first to point the finger at somebody else who's oh, right. doing the exact same thing. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's ridiculously absurd to think that for some reason I can do this because it's my yeah. pet thing. And but they can't because they're. I'll point out your sin, but my sin yeah. is explainable. And, and it's just, and it's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so God just wants me make wants just wants me to be happy. So but, coming back to this this concept, then we have to have something. The Bible describes it as truth. Yeah. And truth as a person in Jesus Christ, uh, a compass to keep us. Going down the path well, that and, that the Ten Commandments is is leading, and that's where I want to go because I think you, you know, uh, not to to discount what you said about relationship, mm -hmm. but I mean there is a relate. It's not an equal relationship. No, um, it's a master servant relationship. Right, right. But every relationship is built on truth. Yeah, and um, trust. Right, yeah. and, and 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 trust is built because of truth because you, mm -hmm. there's something there's mm -hmm. a dependable something that's that, like I look at my relationship with my, with my wife. Um, we have trust, and that's built on I know who she is, and she knows who I am. And I'm not in a place where I can just, you know, I can go out and cheat on my wife, and 
I can justify it. You know, my, my wife just wants me to be happy. My wife does want me to be happy. <laughs> but my wife wants me to be happy in her. Right. Um, happy at home and happy, you know. My, my wife, does, and she does things to make me happy. She, she, she cooks the food I like, and that's usually the way to make me happy is the yeah. food. Yeah, that's, um, that's what but, they say. You know, that's the way to a man's heart. Yeah. Right? <laughs> uh, you know, my clotted artery heart. But, um, you know, but there's, there's our, our relationship is built on a foundation of truth. I know who she is. She knows who I am. And, and that's an establishment. So with my relationship with God is still there has to be truth. If there's not truth... Then I have a very shallow relationship. It's like I, I, the illustration I always give my students is, you know, this uh, obsession with like boy bands and things like that. Or, you know, how many times I remember watching a, a show once and all these screaming teenage girls are, you know, all happy about whatever this group is up there. But in reality, you know, they got the posters out and everything. Mm-hmm. But in reality, they don't know anything about these people up there. No. They're singing songs that other people have written. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sometimes it's not even their own voices or whatever, but right. they're putting on a show. Yeah. And so they're, they're loving just a very superficial mm-hmm. perception that's being out there that's not built upon truth. Right. As and Christians, we sometimes do that. We have this view of God that we've conjured up mm-hmm. or that this world has tried to throw, thrust upon us, but it's just a very superficial thing. That's why God just wants me to be happy. God just loves everybody and everybody. whatever. But well, and that's see that's one of the interesting. I was thinking when you were talking about the the movie series, the Matrix yeah. series. The reality in the Matrix is evil. Yeah, you know, and that's why the 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 guy that's the Judas character in there, he says you know he's eating the steak with Agent Smith, and he's saying you know, I know this isn't real, but give me this over yeah the truth that it's all it's. Uh, nasty stuff or whatever and the the thing is you know for Christianity because you know that's that's all Gnosticism but for Christianity getting back to the truth of God of Jesus of the Holy Spirit of, of his word that is inspired by him given to us by him um, right there, that's why we need to take the time to be in the Word, so yeah. we can be reminded, or even see something from a different way than we ever have before. That's it's the truth that's not changing, but the truth changes us. Yeah, and that's you know this whole idea of bearing false witness. Well, let's get into about that because we've gone way past. Well, we um, have. <laughs> well, we're, we have covered nothing that's in our show notes right now. Uh, we, that's what happens. Just remember, you took us off. <laughs> yes, I did. I did. I, you you got to rein me in this time. Okay. But I do want to look at some just a, some scripture we looked at already. We've talked about uh, John fourteen six that Jesus is the way, the truth, mm-hmm. and the life. We talked about Acts one eight the idea of being witnesses. Um, I think we can also look at Acts 5, um, the situation with Ananias and Sapphira, yeah. uh, where they are lying about a piece of property that they built, which is always fascinates me because, okay, so they buy this property and they give half of the proceeds to the church, which I would think would be a great thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something they could be proud of. That's something that could help the church. But no, they want to lie about it and say they gave all of the proceeds right. to uh, the church and God struck them both dead, Yeah, which should tell us what God thinks about lying. And again, as you said, it's, it's a half lie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what, and what makes a lie all the more believable is the more truth you can 
twist. Twist it, yeah. But I want to look at uh, Matthew 5, uh, 37. This is Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount. He said, um, just talking about oaths in general, in verse 37, chapter, Matthew chapter 5, verse 37, again, you have heard it said, it was, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sown. So we've seen this in the, throughout this whole series on uh, the Ten Commandments. We've seen how Jesus doesn't just repeat what Moses has said, but kind of gives us a deeper understanding of that. Mm-hmm. Verse 44, but I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. So here, Jesus is telling us, don't swear. I swear on a stack of Bibles that this is true. Yeah. What all that says is that you're not a truthful person. If you have to, you know, have all these things to back yeah. up what you're saying, you should have the reputation as someone who can be trusted. So your yes is yes. Or I love the King James here. The let your yea be yea and your nay be nay. Mm-hmm. So people know when you say something, you can be taken at your word. Right. And as Christians, that's that's it, really important. And the only place that we would place our hand on the Bible in our culture is to swear to tell the truth would yeah. be in a court of law and I think it's important in that case but and then there but you know I mean that that actually is a good analogy of what we're talking about yeah. because there's a thing called perjury yeah you know if you're on the witness stand you said you're going to tell the truth but then you lie right there are consequences this is this is a thing that I think part of the reason our culture is so quick to dismiss truth there's consequences to breaking yeah. the truth to telling lies, to to uh, being uh, less than honorable in our dealings with other people. All right, well, I want to move to our application section here, and we're kind of there, mm-hmm. um, mainly because I'm looking at the battery on this microphone, and it's getting low. Oh, boy. Uh, we're also at like the 26-minute mark here. So, okay, um, I, I want to read here from the Heidelberg Catechism. I know you're big on creeds and catechisms. But, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek, what, not what, just lying. What's that? <laughs> um, the Heidelberg Catechism uh, is actually the only one I've actually read all the way through. I had to do that in college. Must be a shorter one, huh? It is. <laughs> um, so their definition, how do we keep, uh, this is the question 112, how do we keep the Ninth Commandment? It says this, that I never give false testimony against anyone, twist no one's words, not gossip or slander, nor join in condemning anyone rashly or without a hearing. Rather, in court and everywhere else, I should avoid lying and deceit of every kind. These are the very devices the devil uses, and they would call down on me God's intense wrath. I should love the truth, speak it candidly, and openly acknowledge it, and I should do what I can to guard and advance my neighbor's good name. I think it's a pretty good uh, summary of how we can apply this to Mm -hmm. our own lives. Mm -hmm. Uh, we're not going to shade the truth. We're not going to slander or gossip because all of that is lies. Yeah. Well, and you know, one of the aspects of it, I think a lot of times we lie and use white lies yeah. to protect ourselves, to stay out of trouble instead of... Well, Honey, how does my new hair look? My yeah, new yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, well... <laughs> Yeah, that's where you learn learn how to tell the truth gracefully, I guess. But you know, I'm thinking more along the lines of, uh, you know, you, you, let's say you go to the store, 
and you see a candy bar and you, you, you stick it in your pocket and you don't pay for it. And usually they don't have the loud beepers going off on a piece of candy. Uh, but then you come back and, you know, so, and someone claims, hey, I saw you do that. And no, 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 no. And then what happens? You tell another lie. Yeah. And another lie, and, and eventually it gets to the point you've told so many lies you don't you don't even know right. what the truth is anymore. And I think we all deal with it in certain areas. You know, we we want to cover our sin, we want to hide our sin from the truth, and, and instead of facing up to it, I think um, the the idea here is just to admit it when we yeah. lie and make amends with people and especially with god so first don't lie <laughs> yeah um tell the truth be accurate in what you're saying don't shade it or spin it i mean that's where i'm a political oh. guy we like to shade and spin oh, things spin. all the time <laughs> there's so much um, spinning going on i'm surprised nobody's not uh, falling off the face of the earth so uh, you know tell the truth and then if, if you don't you know what fess up to it yeah. you know uh, you know, First John one nine. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the other thing we should mention before we wrap it up is uh, what Paul commands us in in, in, in the epistles to uh, preach the truth in love. So yeah. we do want to tell the truth, but we don't want to be jerks either. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a nice way. You know, uh, I, I we were just joking around about. Uh, you know, when the wife comes home with a terrible, terrible haircut or something, what do you say? Um, you can tell the truth in love. You can, you can try to do so in a way that's non-offensive. Mm-hmm. The truth itself is offensive. We don't need to add to it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so don't be true. a jerk about yeah. uh, the truth. Try to be tactful. Mm-hmm. Again, not shading the truth, not uh, trying to water it down, but do it in a way that, that shows that I'm telling you this truth because I love you and because I care about you yeah. and because I care about more than anything else, my commitment to Christ. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So um, wrapping things up here with uh, recommendations for going a little deeper. There's, uh, I'm going to recommend two books here. Um, Ray, is there anything you want to add to that before I no. jump in there? I'm not the guy. So, uh, Two of the main books I've been using, uh, The Ten Commandments by Kevin DeYoung and this little book, uh, Keeping the Ten Commandments by J.I. Packer, uh, I thought were especially helpful in these uh, in this section here. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of other books. In fact, I'll get into some more next week when we wrap things up, but I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll stick with those for now. All right, so uh, I think we're done. I think we're, so. We're a little, uh, little over time, but that's all right. We're, we're typically over time. Yeah, that, that's who we are. Um, <laughs> we, we'll, we will not lie about that. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, so uh, don't forget to check out our website at www.basicbiblepodcast.org. Check out the blog there. You can re- read regular features from Ray and I um, every other week, and occasionally we'll have a guest uh, blogger on there uh, writing a few. i got a couple names i got to hunt down. But by the time this airs, it's probably already happened. Uh, so yeah, check out that and join us next week as we wrap things up with the 10th commandment. So check out the website, check out Twitter at basic Bible cast, also on Instagram. So until next week, have a great rest of your week. Mm-hmm.